At the heart of every story is conflict. Whether external or internal, make it a good one. And remember that this problem is going to shape your character, leaving her forever changed. Jennifer McMahon. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We have covered so far this month prehistory, which is humans trying to survive in oral storytelling. And then last episode, we covered Gods and Fates, which is the introduction of a higher power, something stronger than your main character. Today, we're introducing the man versus man and the underdog. These are the stories about heroes who fight for something larger than themselves, but they're not actually fighting gods or fate. They're fighting each other for a better cause. This is also the time in storytelling and the progression of storytelling where the internal conflict was introduced. We titled this episode David and Goliath because we are talking about the man versus man conflict. You see David, the youngest son, shepherd, just trying to deliver sandwiches to his brothers, all of a sudden becomes this hero and eventually this king. This inner progression started around this time period. These days, we call that progression a character arc. Believe it or not, this was something new back then. It had to be introduced into the storytelling process. And along with that introduction came the hero's journey. The every man that's called to be a hero and eventually changes the world and himself through that story. Hercules is one of the earliest examples of that kind of progression. So you have this idea suddenly of character progression, of man versus man. These became really important stories, and the storytellers wanted a different way to present them to the world. This is where you have in ancient Greece the introduction of theater and song and poetry as a way to convey story. A lot of this was simply a lack of literacy and wanting to convey this story beyond grandma kneading dough in the kitchen while telling grandkid the story. Oral traditions, this is a little bit of that propaganda in a faith-based direction where I want everyone to know this particular story, this particular myth, so we are putting this out there in an entertaining fashion in order to make sure everyone knows this story. This is also kind of the introduction of mass storytelling, where you would get crowds of people gathered to listen to watch a story be played out. Of course, the biggest impact of this era of storytelling was the inner conflict, and a lot of that underdog-type story happened in this era. We're not only talking David and Goliath, but the Battle of Thermopylae, which is most well-known from the film The 300. A lot of these underdogs succeeding, especially with the help of the gods and fates and other things, are what helped audiences start to connect with the heroes instead of thinking of them out there. They're internalizing the hero because they sympathize with some aspect of the character. 
they see them, they can connect with that internal struggle, that internal belief that they are not good enough to accomplish this big goal. The other way that the audience can better connect with these characters, with these heroes, is that they're not fighting gods. Because the normal person would watch, you know, Hercules fighting these big gods and monsters and say, there's no way that I could do that because I am not a son of Zeus or I'm not a daughter of Athena. But you see them fighting people, the evil, the other, and you think, I could do that too. The Philistines were another nation that threatened the Jews. Therefore, this heroic story of someone who couldn't possibly be the best warrior in the army becoming this great and wonderful hero of the nation is something that could inspire, especially inspire against a certain group of people. So with the rise of nation states, and an us versus them instead of everybody just trying to survive the dark. There became our stories versus your stories, culture versus culture. And what helps create cultures are the stories and the mythos behind it. So the stronger your storytelling was in the culture, the more likely you would have people loyal to you. So we've seen some of the trendsetters in the storytelling, the introduction of theater, mass consumption of story. And what would a story be without a good villain? This is about that time that we start seeing actual villains in story. You have that character, you have Goliath that you need to defeat. You have Grendel and Grendel's mother in Beowulf that needs to be defeated. These things that are the evil to be conquered. And with these villains is why we are able to introduce character arcs, because your heroes start with flaws, and they have to develop, they have to change, they have to improve in order to take down this monster, take down the other, because they start as the underdog, but the underdog has to be able to defeat the villain eventually. Otherwise, it's not a satisfying story. It's really hard to rally the troops when David loses to Goliath. Or conversely, if you are cheering for Goliath, it's really hard to really cheer for him if you know he's going to win from the outset. I've always kind of thought of the underdog thing as a very American thing. I don't know, maybe it's just a human thing, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to root for the one that is less likely to win. You're rooting for the one with the better story. This era in storytelling was great for letting people know that in the face of certain death, there is something to fight for. You can still be the hero even when it looks like you're about to lose. I personally love this era of storytelling because it's all about the grand, the great, the challenges. It's about heroes. As we said a little bit earlier, we mentioned this is the start of the hero's journey. This is where that began, and we see the hero's journey applied in story after story after story, even in modern days. So we can still learn and use a lot of the principles that popped up during this time. The first thing you can use in your writing is making sure that your main character is an underdog to start with. 
David was the youngest son. He was not qualified to be in the army, much less fighting Goliath. Understanding how they're an underdog is at least as important as understanding that they're an underdog. You also get to understand that your main character is the villain in someone else's story. David was the villain to Goliath in the Philistines. If we knew that Goliath was actually terrified and was putting on a bravado, but he really wanted to get home to his newborn son and that's all he cared about, while the king of the other army said, anyone who takes him out is like next in line to be in the throne. All of a sudden, we're kind of rooting for Goliath. And this is how you can look at it to help you understand your main character and what exactly they're going to face because they're going to get on the bad side of some people in their goal. You have to understand both sides well enough to be able to show that your main character's goal is the better one. When you're creating sympathy for your villains, it's in the why, not the how. They still have to be villains. So yes, he can be avenging his dead wife, sure. But the how is what makes someone a villain. The shortcut to a good goal is how you create believable evil in your story. You can also take this era of storytelling and apply it by understanding how your character changes. You do need to have that arc starting from the youngest brother delivering sandwiches to becoming king. And of course, the biggest thing you can take away from this era is the hero's journey. It is the most popular story structure for a reason. If you're confused about the hero's journey, we have an episode on that several months ago. Just go to our website, search hero's journey, and we break down what it is, how it's used, and the different elements that are used within this storytelling device. But overall, studying these classics, not only the ancient stories of heroes that you know, but the retellings of them and understanding the characters and how they played and the role stories started to play in defining cultures can really help you understand why people really like stories, where we lean on stories in order to have a cultural identity. This time is where we see stories begin to take the shape that we're familiar with today. There's so much that we can still learn, even from these stories that were written thousands of years ago. So we encourage you to take the time, study them, study their character use, how things changed, look into this underdog and the internal struggle and apply it to your writing because it will inevitably make your writing better. But of course, whenever you do this, we just want you to make sure that you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 